0: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: just be sitting up there jacket Pepsi.
0: I'm there for the pack out. You just got to pack me in committed to the bow early on like i love getting close and putting up you cover a range of stuff on here too right like we call this the uh the thp world headquarters you know my grandpa roy weatherby i came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls just you're canadian we're doing yeah, a canadian I- podcast my name's is dublin
1: i'm robbie denning Royal Candy. it's good we got uh, just hammered with snow so yeah we're still snowing there. right now
2: Where are you at again?
1: So I am in uh, Kelowna, British Columbia. Have you ever been to Canada? Nope. Um, So it's like the southern interior portion of British Columbia, the the much warmer part of the province. I lived up on the coast.
2: I just know that British Columbia is where we need to annex as part of the U.S.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. I know, right? <laughs> it's
2: like the best part of Canada.
1: <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, well, it all depends how you're looking at it. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so I'm in the southern part where it's warm. I lived up north on the coast there um, for many years. So, uh, how about yourself? Where where, oh, where do you I'm live out. again? I'm in Utah. Utah, right. Oh, nice. And it's snowing down there, right? Eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fine. I was th- usually... Usually by
2: the end of the year, we've gotten three to five good snows, if not more. Last year was just like snow after snow after snow. <clears throat> this year, we didn't get any snow until after the new year. I think we had one little mini snowstorm in like November. Yeah. And it all melted within a couple hours. And then we didn't get any snow until it was like the first week of January. And now it's kind of been nonstop
1: yeah we we didn't get any snow we typically we're more of a desert climate so we don't get a lot of snow but man we got hammered with it just hammered yeah so um but anyway man why don't you uh for my listeners why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and kind of what you got going on
2: yeah no for sure well first off thanks for having me on the podcast it's always fun to be on the other end of the microphone uh where i get asked the questions rather than asking the questions and
1: yeah um, it is man it's funny not not to cut you off there before you get going but um i get nervous when i'm on other people's podcasts it's funny like i i can talk to whoever as long as i'm on as long as i'm the host but as soon as the the tables turn man i kind of get kind of nervous i don't know it's just like for some reason i feel like everyone's looking at me but it's you know it's a (laughs) double screen everyone on the
2: internet is (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah i uh yeah, I can't remember who I was talking with the other day. It was a family member, you know, and of course, it used to be the running joke, like, oh, you know, you've got a podcast, you've got this and that. And now, you know, now that we've been to enough places that people recognize me, they'll come up and talk to me. Now my kids think I'm cool. You know, yeah, like yeah. when we go into like the bow shop and like my podcast is playing up on the screen, they're like, Whoa, dad's cool. I'm like
1: you're famous. Yeah, for sure. I wasn't
2: kidding about doing the podcast, but I don't think I'm (laughs) I'm not famous. I don't want to be famous, but uh yeah, um people, you know, kids think I'm cool. That's what matters. Yeah, Um, for sure. But uh no, so I'm I'm Jonathan McCormick, born and raised in North Carolina, transplant out to Utah after serving an LDS mission. For those of you that don't know what LDS is, I'm Mormon would be the short term. Uh, for that or Latter-day Saint, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That is not why I moved to Utah and no, I do not have multiple wives. I can barely handle one. So no, thank you.
1: (laughs) I I don't know how those guys do that, man. That's something else. Like I got one wife and that's good for me.
2: I've got a theory on that. I think they're very, I hate that it sounds harsh, but like very subservient women that are okay Mm. with that kind of lifestyle. And I don't want a woman like that either. I want someone that'll bite me in the in you know in the neck if I if I do something wrong, you know, yep, like kind of correct sure. me or whatever. So, um, anyway, got those jokes out of the way. Uh, <clears throat> born and raised North Carolina, came out to Utah, went to Mexico for two years on my mission. I'm fluent in Spanish. Uh, that kind of blows people away too. Um, yeah, because I'm a redhead, blue eyes, pasty white skin, and I can speak <laughs> Spanish. But uh, the, you know, and and I just decided one day I was working in an office setting. And, um, you know, we'd have, I never worked a Sunday cause that was my family day. It always has been grown up. And so, um, I would work every other Saturday and then the days that I worked sa- or the weeks I worked Saturdays, I would have a random day off during the week, usually a Tuesday or a Wednesday when we weren't too busy. And, uh, you know, we'd come in after our days off and people would be like, oh yeah, you know, I caught up on my show or, and you know, I went to, uh, and went and ran some errands that needed to be done. I got the oil changed in my car, you know? And they're like, oh, what'd you do, Jonathan? And I'm like, well, you know, I took my kids on this hike up Donut Falls or up this way or that way. And they're like, aren't your kids toddlers? I'm like, yeah, while well, the older kids are in school, I'll take the, you know, the younger kids and mm-hmm. we'll go for a hike. And they're like, what? how do you do that? I'm like, you guys have been in Utah a lot longer than me. Like, we're blessed to be able to, you drive 10 minutes and there's like 15 different trailheads that you can hit. Sure. And usually the first mile is kid-friendly. And after that, get over yourself and carry your kids like so they yeah. can enjoy being outside. So I realized that people weren't taking advantage of that and they were getting caught up in kind of that rat race of like clock in, clock out, go home, be miserable, fight your kids doing homework and uh, maybe drink a beer or two before you go to bed and then wake up and do it all over again. And uh, and so I just started an Instagram based on that, just kind of sharing some adventures I do with the kids. Um. Every once in a while, I would check my older kids out, you know, when I feel like maybe they needed some more dad time. Um, I'd check them out of school and we'd go for a little hike, you know, if it was a nice day. And uh, then I just said, you know, I, I don't want to be full time YouTube because that's a lot of work. I have a lot of respect for people that do video editing and all of that stuff. As I carried a camera around for one hunt and I did not like it. Yeah, it's tough, and so, man. um, you know, I just decided, well, what, what's the next avenue to get good conversations, learn from people, have a good audience, uh, reach people internationally. And, uh, I just started a podcast and, uh, yeah. I sucked. I don't recommend going to my first 10 podcasts cause, um, they're cringy, but yeah. I leave them up there so you can see the growth from day one to, <laughs> to now that I'm over 300
1: episodes deep. Um, oh, wow. it, it's been fun. Yeah, dude. And And when did you start the podcast?
2: Uh, so I always get this mixed up. I, I want to say it's 2021. Um, I should know this date better, but uh, it's like June or July of 2021.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, you've been doing it longer, not as long as I have, but you have more episodes out. So you've been hitting it pretty hard, dude. That, that, so I got to commend point, you on that.
2: Yeah, at one point I was doing three episodes a week. I realized that oh. was too much.
1: And for um, people though, don't like... People who listen to podcasts, there are a lot of, there's still a lot of work. Like it's not as much as like video editing and all that stuff, but it's still a lot of work. You still have to, you know, once you get better at your editing, it becomes quicker. And then you get like, you know, a, a, an intro set up and it does become easier, but you still have to, you still have to get it out there. Right. And it oh, still, yeah. it takes, it takes time and it's, you know, and, you know, lining up guests takes a lot of work and yeah. So um, three mm-hmm. episodes a lot a week is impressive.
2: Yeah, so I was doing um I was doing like a mindset episode that was like 10 to 15 minutes. And then I was doing so that was like a Tuesday and then like the Thursday I was doing gear stuff because I'm a gear junkie. Mm -hmm. And then uh Saturdays are my longer form where I'd have the the guests on. Um and so I was kind of hitting it like that. Realized I was a little too much, so then I condensed it down to tinkering Tuesdays. Sometimes it's mindset, sometimes it's gear, depending on what I want to share. And then Saturdays are always the guests. So it's an hour to an hour and a half, depending on the episode. Um, and yeah, it's, it's uh, like right now I'm kind of in that phase where I've, I've almost booked up too many episodes. Like I think I'm almost two months out. Like I could not record wow. for the next two months and still have. Um, and so that's a little too much. Cause then you start becoming not relevant. You're not talking about things that are relevant. So it's a fine mm-hmm. balance, you know,
1: yeah, for sure. uh,
2: of, of trying to keep things relevant and, uh, and also, you know, being okay when people have to reschedule. Like, that's another thing for me, too. I'm like, I, I don't want my conversation with you to be a stress. Like, yeah. if you have a family emergency or you have work or something comes up, like, cool, we'll just reschedule. Like, it's not going to screw up my timeline. I'm all all right with that, you
1: know? Yeah, absolutely. That's one, one thing for sure is, is it, it is really hard. You know, people have lives and family members and all that stuff and kids. Kids activities like my kids, man, we're busy almost, you know, not seven days a week, six days a week, we're busy with their Mm -hmm. stuff. So, um, yeah, you really have to uh, find time to where it's not going to affect what your family's doing and affect there because it's the end of the day. This is for us. I mean, it's it's our gig. It's not theirs. It shouldn't take away from any time for them.
2: Exactly. And I try and get my kids involved with it, too. Like they're they see me on my phone or on the computer and they get home from school at like three forty five. So I still have like at least until five that I usually work uh, depending on if they have activities to get to and and whatnot. So they'll see me on my phone and on the computer and I'll I'll bring them into the office and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not playing a video game. I'm not Mm. like dinking around. This is work. Like my phone is work. My computer is work. And they also know when I put my phone down, like that's down and it's their time, you know? So um, we'll listen to an audio book or something like that. But um, yeah, like, I mean, going back to guests, uh, like there's some guests that I've been trying to get on the podcast and like, we'll have a date schedule, then something will come up on their end or my end. And it's been over a year for, there's two guests that I can think of that I've been back and forth with. them. we text all the time. We're good friends. So I know they're not like just flat out ignoring me, but it's like, it's hard <laughs> to get some schedules together, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it is. And people are busy and people get like they get a lot of podcasts like some people get a lot of podcast invites too and so i mean you message them and you know they've seen your message and it's just you know they're not getting back to you You kind of yeah. just kind of you know move on to the next it is what it is exactly um yeah that's cool man we we, we started at, at started doing so no electronics even for mom and dad after six o'clock because it was getting that's out awesome. of control so it's like phone calls only for work so i told all you know the guys that work for me and all my friends family members if you want to reach us you have to phone because like the days of like a landline those are over mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's not like you have to phone the house it's it's uh yeah but it's been good it's uh yeah you definitely have to uh you gotta keep them involved and that's the beauty about the outdoors is like my kids heavily involved in the outdoors um you know both my kids uh both my oldest he's been hunting now for two years my youngest just got her got her license or finished her course so she's going to be Full bore next year. My seven year old, he he doesn't understand why he can't go. He wants he's trying to write a letter to the ministry to get him to change the, the rules on that. So we'll see how that goes.
2: <laughs> so when did you get into hunting? So I'm one of those adult onset hunters. And uh we've got a funny story with that. I had a guy, and it's not many people that there's there's hate about about that, but this guy was pretty crusty about um I can't remember what there was some posts that I put up about adult onset hunters. And he sent me this long scathing message. It was funny because he was, he was speaking to me as though I've been hunting my whole life. So he didn't realize that I was one of those. And he was like, yeah, these guys are so stupid. They're just in it for this, that blah, 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 blah. I just listened to him, you know, message him back and forth. And then after he'd put his foot in his mouth far enough, I was like, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys and I appreciate your support. And this is why I do it, you know? And, and so, um, I'm I'm nowhere near an expert. I actually just killed my first bull this guy right here this nice. past year. So it's been 3 years uh bow hunting and before that it was 3 years of rifle um and and so I I did mule deer a couple times and and I didn't hit anything huge, nothing that people would consider, you know, Boone and Crockett trophy or anything, but for me I was like I was successful uh the two years that I actually had a tag in my pocket with a rifle and it seemed like it wasn't too difficult a little bit of a hike Mm buy-in kind of deal and Mm -hmm. then packing it out but like I was like man I want you know I want a little bit more than that Mm -hmm. and uh and so that's when I got into archery Uh, my buddy had been kind of bugging me uh, up until about 2019 and um and it just it I mean now I'm the one that him and his brothers and everyone else comes to and is like hey what's this and what do you think about this bow and what do you think about this and that and Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's fun to see that transition. But going back even further, um, I had a or I do have a lifetime hunting and fishing license uh, that my great grandfather had the foresight to buy for me in North Carolina uh, when I was born. And he come to find out I wish he had I wish he had lived long enough for me to to get into the outdoors with him. Um, He was a he was a killer, like he Mm -hmm. was awesome with everything from trapping to uh, white tails with a rifle. They never really got into archery. Um, they were definitely more of the let's be efficient. We're bringing. They actually, you know, used everything. They they ate the meat. They were farmers, so um, they were more concerned about the efficiency of making sure they got one rather than uh, taking you know two months to to chase a white tail with a bow. And um, and so anyway, I grew up using the fishing portion of that license every single year. We'd always go bass fishing. That's always one of my favorite things to do. Um, sometimes coastal fishing, and uh, the one time I went hunting in North Carolina, uh, it was it was interesting uh, because I got up. It was later. I think I was I was like sixteen or seventeen. My mom was was dating someone because her and my dad had divorced, and this guy was like, "Hey, your son's into the outdoors. He's an Eagle Scout. You know, let do you mind if I take him hunting?" She was like, "Yeah, sure." So I went out and I sat in this elevated box blind. And for me, it was like, what stood out to me was there was three basically shooting lanes. There was corn at the end of this one. There's a salt lick down here. And then there was a feeder on the other one. And I was like, and they're like, maybe a hundred yard shot at the most. It was probably 80 yards and in. And I just kind of sat there. I'm like, I mean, this is, if this is hunting, like I'm not really into it. You know, Mm. um, it's not fun to sit here and hope something comes in. And even then I'm like, if I want to go shoot, like, I can go shoot targets elsewhere, mm-hmm. like with shooting lanes, you know? Yep. And, and so I just kind of brush it off until after my mission. Then I got married and, uh, uh I was a, I was like two years into our marriage. Uh, I went to go help a neighbor with moving some stuff and went in his garage and I was like, Whoa, I'm like there's a lot of Euro mounts up here. At the time I didn't know that was a term. Even mm-hmm. I was like, there's a lot of skulls and cool antlers and, and, uh, so we started talking through him, and he was like, Hey, um, I said, Hey, would you mind, uh, said, I don't know if I'm even saying the right thing here, but can I tag along with you? He's like, sure. I said, what do I need? He said, pair of boots, some warm clothes. Here's a day. Meet me at this trailhead. I said, okay, cool. Uh, met him, went up and learned how to glass, how to spot, you know, deer and elk. And, mm. um, and I was hooked after that and, uh, yeah. when, you know, did all my own homework, took took the the license for out here in utah took the test got the license and then started applying for points and and learning the system a little bit and uh still learning the system because that's always that's a constant struggle figuring out the new rules and regulations and all that but um that's kind of where it all started uh nice and then you know just kind of took off from there
1: yeah that's sweet man yeah that's awesome it's it's i mean it doesn't really matter matter when you get into it um i mean you know whatever you enjoy doing it it if, you, if you're not hunting, as long as you're doing something you, you enjoy, and as long as you're physically active, I think, uh, you know, all the power to you. And I'll support anybody that wants to do anything. If they're passionate about it, then, you know, all the power to them. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. So when you got into archery, what was that like? Explain that a little bit. Like, I got into archery. It was kind of a long process because my cousin, my mentor, my hunting mentor, um, well... Like I say, he, he was the guy, he was the guy that really took me under his wing. Now I started hunting when I was really young with my, my dad, obviously, mm-hmm. right. growing up in Northern British Columbia and, um, you know, BC's well known for all the animals they have. So, but it, I, I moved down to the sunnier part and then I got into like backpack hunting and that's when I really fell in love with it, you know, chasing elk, chasing mule deer. And then I slowly got into archery, but that process for me was really like in BC, there's no incentive to really archery hunt. The archery season's only nine days. So it's like, I mean, you can still hunt with a bow all year round. Now, you know, for the last while, I only hunt with a bow. I don't use a rifle anymore. But like that process getting into archery, man, it was a grind. Like it was just really frustrating. Luckily for me, I I had a great mentor and he, you know, he was the BC champion. So he helped me, you know, just bypass you know shortcut a lot of these mistakes that everybody made and it's i'm always interested to hear people's path to it like now you look at you now and like you're doing tournaments right you're a great shot and all that stuff but like when you started archery's not easy and a lot of people pick up a bow they go to a pro shop they get their draw length everything's measured up and then they go home and shoot some arrows and then they start realizing how hard it is and they put it away they never pick it up again mm-hmm. so i'm interested in just like i always love hearing people how they they got like what they're how they progressed into it and how they stuck with it
2: that's a a good question it's a fun story too uh so that same guy that you know took me out hunting he's uh Uh he's become basically a a brother to me um he's also our cpa he owns a cpa firm really smart with that so if you're looking for a cpa definitely look into brent he will help you figure out how to spend more time in the outdoors if it's possible in your situation so uh he, he he loves to merge those two but uh Anyway, he he kept bugging me. He was like, you know, my my sibling. He was like, you're you're into fitness. You're okay with failure, like not being okay with failure, but like learning from it. Mm-hmm. And you're not gonna throw fit or throw your bow off the mountain if you miss a shot. You know, uh, you're you're very dedicated. So you kind of check all the boxes for someone who would be into into bow hunting. So at the time, I didn't have the funds for it, and I uh, just told him I explained that to him. I was like, you know, the, the rifle works great. I'd love to get into it. I just don't have the funds for it. Well. Uh, I think it was about a year and a half of that. And, um, and I, uh, I, I get a check in the mail from, from my grandparents for my birthday. And, uh, and I was like, I was like, did she like miss, like they're in their right mind. So I'm like, they wouldn't go crazy and accidentally mm-hmm. do something but I was like what, what happened? You know, I called her and, and, uh, she put my grandpa on the line and, uh, I'll never forget. Cause he, he had just recently found out he had a stage four cancer. Um, that had come back from a a prostate issue that he had had, which supposedly had had his prostate removed, but I guess they left just enough of it for it to, to come back with a vengeance. And so, um, I just remember getting on with him and, and, uh, I was like, I was like, Papa, what's, you know, what is this for? And, uh, and he was like, well, remember that conversation we had about, um, you know, getting into archery and you told us this is about what it would cost to set up a bow, uh, he said you know before i die i want to see you spend the you know some of the inheritance that you will be receiving i want to see you use it i don't want Mm -hmm. to die and then give you the money and i was like you know that i mean it still sends chills and uh and gives me goosebumps because i'm like wow that's all right and this man has been through um korea vietnam you know multiple purple hearts uh he's seen some stuff and so Warrior. For him to have you know whenever he speaks whenever he's you know actually talking i i listen because he's got a lot of wisdom and and so i said okay I'll, you know i won't let you down and <clears throat> went and you know shot all the bows went up to the bow shop and i kind of laughed because uh my buddy mark who works up there and, and jeremiah who's the owner of wild arrow um you know i, I laugh because i'm like you guys sold me a bow back in 2019 i can't get rid of me now but uh I went through and I asked all the questions, you know, what about the longer length versus the shorter length? And, uh, you know, what's the most poundage I can get up to? And I could barely pull back 70, you know, at the time, like I walk in and they, of course, they hand me the 7 They're like, we don't have an 80 pound bow, but here you go. And I could barely pull it back. Um, and they're like, well, they're like, that's just you, you know, having to, you got to figure out the, those, those muscles and, and u- using that technique a little bit better. So I went through all them them and then I ended up picking a hoyt um the axius twenty nine and a half nice uh went with some victory arrows victory rip tkos um just kind of a a good solid four hundred and fifty grain arrow um flying out of the bow so they we ordered the bow because I wanted it uh, I wanted it in kuyu Verde two riser with black limbs and I think we did I can't remember what strings it was like gray strings or something but um, they're like, it's going to be a couple of weeks cause it's custom order. I said, that's fine, but I want a bow the way that I want the bow. Mm-hmm. So, um, they were very kind and let me borrow one of their bows, uh, while I was waiting for mine to come in. Then we ordered mine from the 70 to 80 pounds. Cause I'm a 28, 28 and a half inch draw length. So I'm like right down the middle and I wanted the ability to turn it up mm-hmm. to get the higher poundage if, if, uh, if I could. And so they sent me home with a bow that was 70 pounds to just get some reps in. And every single day it, I did 20 reps every single day for the two weeks that it took for, for that bow to come in and man, my shoulder was sore, but like <laughs> I took videos and, um, I went into them. They, they watched my technique. I took videos and sent it over to, there's two, uh, two guys that I trusted online that I, you know, I was getting information from and I could tell that they were they were not trying to sell you stuff. They were genuinely trying to help people get better at archery. So I'd send them, they'd review it. They'd tell me this or that I should tweak. And, um, anyway, my bow comes in, you know, we turn up to 75 pounds and I did another two weeks of the same thing, 20 reps a day. And I'm telling you, by now, my shoulder is like, I mean, it's, it's numb to it at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what, when I say that I, I recommend people use the right technique. Of course, Like, don't, you know, I was doing everything from sitting, I would do five reps sitting, five reps kneeling, and then 10 reps standing. And I would video myself and make sure I'm not, you know, doing this whole thing, like leaning this way and like yanking it back, you Mm -hmm. know, like it's solid core, uh, pulling back with the proper technique and not being overbowed and, and learning that proper technique. Um, and then teaching your body that same thing. And, uh, eventually got it turned up to a full i think that one ended up pulling like 82 83 pounds um and it's a snappy bow i pull it back every once in a while now i'm like oh man it's only been a couple years and this bow is rough compared to the the new cams that have come oh, out man. in the last
1: three years it's, an, um, it's it's impressive the technology like how much easier it is like yeah it, it blows your mind like the last 80 pound bow i shot was the hoyt rx5 mm-hmm. and like I remember before that i just shot i mean i had all the i had a lot of a lot of hoits. but like i think of my, my my cousin i don't have any of my old bows but my cousin has his bow and like his is 70 pounds you pull that thing back and you're like oh my god like mm-hmm. it's just violent yeah small tiny little cams yeah it's uh it's not forgiving <laughs> like these new ones for sure man you could pull an 80 pound bow back now and it's like it's smooth especially oh, yeah. if you get like butter. Yeah, if you get some good cam, like those EC2 cams that PCA PC P S E has now, man, like they're just yeah, they're beautiful.
2: Oh yeah. Oh for sure. So, you know, I was going through that, um, finally got it all figured out. And then afterwards, you know, I went through the process of learning how to dial in your site and, and all of that. Um, but that was kind of where I started. And it was again the you know, there's there's a there's a key to all of this stuff is you know, from the moment I got into hunting. All the way through like archery, I wasn't asking people to do it for me. I was asking good, solid questions. Mm-hmm. I was asking a lot of them. So, you know, I, I go back every once in a while and I ask people, you know, did I did I bug you with these questions? And they're like, no, not at all. You actually had good, solid questions. Yeah. So, you know, do your own homework and and do the work for yourself and then ask good questions. And all of that combined continued with, you know, the the consistency of the the reps. Um, that was a big deal. And, and my first kill ended up being, cause I wasn't comfortable with that year. Um, I could have picked up a bull tag, uh, cause they're over the counter here in Utah. And I just told myself, I want a good solid year behind my bow before I go after any big game. Yep. And so, um, I went and got, I ended up getting two turkeys, uh, which is an even smaller target, uh, with a bow. And and then the next year is when I started actually going for uh for, for elk and deer. And so um my next kill was a a, a doe. Mm-hmm. And then um yeah, it just kind of went from there. But but yeah, that's kind of my my how I got into it was just basically I, I enjoyed the tinkering aspect of it. I enjoyed that it's one of those things that if you don't do it uh consistently then you kind of start to lose it a little bit and i also like the fact that you don't necessarily have to be the best uh or most talented it's it's got a lot to do with consistency and repetition Mm -hmm. which is something that i personally am good at i don't have the best highest quality podcasts out there um but i'm very consistent if i say there's going to be a podcast out or if there's going to be a post it's there Mm -hmm. and um and and it's the same with you know with archery I try and get at least five reps a day in at this point, even in the garage, blank bailing kind of deal, um, just to make sure that I've at least got the technique down. And then, you know, every once in a while, when you get the chance to stretch it out, it's fun to to stretch it out. And um, I think the furthest I've shot my bow is 150 yards.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, That's a lot of fun. Watching yeah, that man. arrow fly is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And you can tell you just, you wait, you can see it. If you're shooting at a balloon and you just wait, 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 and then it pop. Uh-huh. Yeah, It's awesome. But no, that's cool, man. And, um, yeah, and you're right, man. Consistency. It doesn't matter what you do in life. If you're consistent and you work hard and, you know, like you said, if, if you're not afraid with failure, if you embrace failure, cause that, that's where you grow, right? When we get knocked down, we get up like you know, I've, I've been knocked down more times than I can remember. You know, I I remember thinking way back when I started my first business, you know, everybody laughed at me. I was 18. They're like, what do you, you know, what are you going to do? You're 18 years old. You can't start a business. I'm talking like my dad, my family members, you know, um, laughing at me thinking it was a joke. Right. And then, you know, I, you know, that obviously didn't work. And I, you know, I got up, tried something new. Right. And that doesn't work. You get up and try something new. And then eventually over time, you know, that consistency and that just, you know, the hard work and that, you know, embracing failure as part of success, boom, it's like, wow. And then, you know, people look at you now and you're like, well, must be nice. And you're like, oh, yeah, you weren't saying that, you know, 25 years ago. So it's, it's awesome to hear your story and your introduction to archery, man. That's great.
2: Yeah. It's, you know, and I, I would agree. It sucks. Um, look when people come to you and say, you know, that must be nice or isn't that, isn't it cool? You get to go do these things. And I'm like, like, yeah, but what have you done over the last couple of years that could have gotten you know, like the lost potential kind of makes me sad a little bit when people come and and, and, and say that to me, I'm like, you're in the same job, you're doing the same thing, you know, like and it, and maybe that's what makes you happy, but obviously not. If you're saying must be nice and and you're jealous of this or that um, it's, it's unfortunate you know, when you hear things like that, I've also, uh, it's also sad to me to see like when there's a kind of, I, I guess an incident where there's, uh, like mortality is kind of brought to the forefront of your mind. Um, we've, we've got a really close, uh, person here in the family that, that just collapsed from, a uh, he had a aortic valve rupture and normally that's deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he collapsed and luckily they were able to save him and luckily it didn't perforate the actual aorta um it it just caused a lot of issues right and and they had to go in repair it was over a 12 hour surgery and this guy is one of those people that he just gives and doesn't really look to recharge his own batteries and that stress and high blood pressure and everything else caused this tear that could have ended his life very easily. Most people do die from this. Luckily, he just happened to be, you know, live really close to a hospital and the, the ambulance was able to get there within minutes. Um, and so, you know, I had my, my son, my daughter-in-law and um, my mom, all three of them recently have come to me and and asked after years. I mean, obviously my son has been living in our house since I've been in his life, uh, you know, for, for over 10 years. And, um, he's finally coming to me, asking me for, for help with fitness and nutrition mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it sucks it's- that it takes something like that, an event like that for people to come to you. But at the same time, when you got to be ready, when those people do come to you and start asking for help and advice and, and, the consistency that i have shown over those last over a decade in his life shows that he's now confident in coming to me yeah, that's awesome. when he's when he's at his you know his weakest moment and uh um you know i hate that that happened to to this guy but at the same time like it's a, it's a moment that that we can be there and be ready to help where we can you know
1: yeah it is unfortunate i know in my life like i was always you know i started this business that i have now and i and, and i was really successful at it um made you know lots of money but i always perceived like success and happiness you know i'd go to work work hard work six days a week running my body down drinking lots um you know and i always just said you know if i'm successful everything's gonna work itself out right like i you know i it didn't really you know i didn't really correlate it like i didn't put all the pieces together and then you know i i, I found my best friend dead um you know and and he he worked for me. we fished together a lot, you know we did a lot of stuff in the outdoors together um you know, and that was kind of like a, uh switch it just flipped right for me, and then I realized you know like you know like and and I've always been active, you know like I do a very physical job, and I'd always you know do um you know, I do physical activity, played hockey, did all this stuff, I was really you know in the back countries where you know you know, but it was more like yeah, you get in shape before. You know two weeks before a hunt it wasn't as present as it is now you know once i got into really like my late 30s early 40s it was like boom and that's when i got into bow hunting and i you know i attribute a lot of that to bow hunting and just kind of like mental clarity on like life and all that stuff but yeah you know it's really awesome when you see your kids take you know they follow your lead in that and like my oldest he you know a couple years a year about a year ago actually he got into it he got into running he got into you know wanted to lift weights and i said well you don't really need to lift weights right you're 10 years old like but just do some push-ups do some sit-ups right do body weight stuff that's all you need you don't need to be down here doing bed trying to bench press 60 pounds or doing all that stuff you just don't need it but like running's great yeah just you know body weight workouts are great. but just and he's been doing it consistently over a year and like man you see that kid run now right like it's amazing how much he's he's gained and growed with it and just his mindset and like his consistency and I, I, I think it's great for the kids cause it builds discipline mm-hmm. for them. And like, you can be motivated all you want, but there's a big difference between being motivated and having discipline. Yep. Like you can say, you're going to do this. You could listen to music, you could do all this other stuff, but until you actually do it and do it consistently, I'm not talking about doing it for a week, doing it for a month. You got to do it for a year before results are going to show up. You got to do it for two years. And then you can start getting into these, you know, it's like with bow hunting, you know, when I first started only bow hunting, it was rough. It was really rough. Punch one tag. And then you know, last year, you know, I had a pretty good year, right? A couple of bulls down, a buffalo, some deer, but that's it. It's the consistency and the discipline, and the hard work you have to do over time that it compounds to get to where you are. So, man, it's it's awesome that to see that your boys uh, coming to you with that stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's and being a dad is one of those things that it's it's one of the most rewarding and frustrating things, and you can have all that mm-hmm. happen in a span of ten minutes where it can yeah. be like you can be celebrating this big win and then all of a sudden <clears throat> something happens and you're the most frustrated you've been in in months you know uh all from the same kid and uh it, it's because you want to see your kids succeed and be a better version of you and and be able to get do more than than you did um at that age and uh and so you know that that's a big thing for me uh sharing what I do and um getting them into archery again, things like the I guess the hunting and the archery and uh the outdoorsy stuff it's not something that i I don't force on the kids um I invite them, and then when they start to show interest is when i you know i provide the equipment or uh the opportunities or whatever it is um you know something else too that that's big. For me, right around that time that I was getting into archery uh I had a you know a big transformation back in twenty twenty um where I got down to the lowest weight I've been in a while. I felt really good and uh I started working with with first form and the reason why I started to do that for people that don't know anything about first form uh or first form outdoors is more specifically the branch that I work with uh first form is an amazing company that basically the goal is simply to get real people lasting results, long lasting results. And it's a company that it puts the community first over selling supplements. Supplements are obviously there. It's, it's something to to help, but the community comes first and the education as well for everyone. And so it's not just, Hey, come join us. And Oh, here's the stack that everyone takes. Here you go let us know if you got any questions. It's hey come join the community. We love doing this and that. Here's our activities. Hey, if you're at ATA, come come to the open gym. Hey, if there's an event here in the area, we might hold an open gym for it here at headquarters. Uh, you know, and then on top of that, the education behind it. And it's it's uh like the Facebook group for example, when you go in there, it's one of the groups that I know that you genuinely if you're being a jerk, you get booted from and and if you're treating people like they're stupid uh, for asking questions, things like that, like you get booted from the group because we want people to be able to genuinely learn. So anyway, all that to say, First Form Outdoors is was formed because we recognize that First Form showed a lot of, I guess, a lot of the bodybuilding style or or not even just bodybuilding because there's like ultra marathon runners and stuff that are in the, in the first form community. But a lot of that hardcore disciplined working out style that a lot of outdoors men and women don't, they're not attracted to. Um, they may appreciate that work, but they're not going to, they don't want to join that kind of community. They're not looking to to step on stage or to go run a, you know, an ultra marathon all the time or to be shredded. They just want to be healthier so that they can share what they're passionate about with their loved ones for generations and so what we've done is we've taken you know that mission of first form to to get people real people long lasting results and we've met the outdoors men and women where they are whether that's on a boat bass fishing or it's out hiking or backpacking or hunting or archery or rifle shooting or you know getting into uh the tactical games for example like pistol shooting for for events things like that um we want people to recognize that you don't have to be shredded like dale Beatty. if you guys know who dale Beatty is do you know who that do who dale is kevin no oh man i'll have to send him to you he's like yeah it looks like someone chiseled him out of a freaking rock and he stays like that um he doesn't fluctuate in and out of that he's just like that all the time it's Crazy. crazy but uh you don't have to be like that to enjoy the outdoors but every man and woman that i've spoken with wants to share what they love in the outdoors with their kids their grandkids and their great grandkids if they're blessed with that amount of time and so we want to encourage that people want to talk about you know the dave ramsey stuff where you you know you invest and you become a millionaire by the time you retire etc and it all it takes a little bit here and now and the younger you are the smaller you have to start investing at that time to equal the same result in the end. It's the same with your fitness. You know, if you're putting Mm -hmm. small investments in every single day and incrementally growing that by the time you retire, you're going to be looking way better and feeling way better than most Mm -hmm. of the people your age. And you're going to look back and say, man, those 30 years, those 40 years may not have been easy because everyone else, all my other friends are out chilling eating these greasy burgers, watching Netflix, binging shows. And I was out here doing a stupid outdoor workout for my 75 hard or whatever it was. I was out, you know, getting ready for for elk season. And now though you look back, you're like, well, my joints don't ache as much. I can get off the couch. I can play with my grandkids. I can help my grandkids get up into a tree stand. Um, I can take my kids out on a hike and they're not out hiking me, you know, that kind of deal. That's what we want. Mm -hmm. And so Anyone who hasn't checked out First Form Outdoors, I recommend that. Don't be scared of us trying to, like, shove supplements down your throat because that's not going to happen. It's going to be – we're going to welcome you in with open arms, talk to you about – figure out what you love, what you enjoy, what your goals are, and then if supplements fit in there because you need some help with nutrition, that's what we're here for. And if not, we still want you. We want cool. you in the group. So uh, Yeah, that's
1: cool, man. I, I see you doing a lot of stuff, and I'll put a link up in the show notes. Um, Yeah, you know, it's funny, and, like, I, I know a lot of, like, old – older you know the older generation of hunters and like this new generation of hunters coming up you know behind us you know fitness is a lot more involved with hunting and like I tell everybody I'm like well listen like because you no matter what you do if you try to mix hunting and fitness there's going to be the guy that says well I don't need I don't need to be in shape to go kill a ball I kill a ball every year okay but listen if you get in shape you're going to be healthier you're going to start eating better everything's going to you know your body's going to react better you're going to live longer the longer you live the more you get to hunt elk so really it's going to make you a better hunter in the long run so but exactly. uh yeah that's cool we man can't,
2: obviously we can't control like you know if someone happens to get like ms or alzheimer's or something like that right we no. can't control that but you can control your weight mm-hmm. you and weight is the contributing factor to so many issues such as heart disease and just diabetes and so many other things that break down your body wear and tear on your joints i mean just think about that, you know, have you ever yeah. gone and, and, you know, for some people that maybe haven't gone through a weight loss, uh, you know, at, at any point in their life, go throw a 30 pound pack on your back and go walk for an hour. And you tell me that your feet aren't sore yeah, or that your knees or that your knees back isn't feeling worse. it in some degree. Yeah, so imagine, sure. yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, especially, you know, and like, not necessarily for guys overweight, but just like for the working man who does a grind, you know, if you're doing construction, if you're up on a roof, you're going up and down ladders all day, your knees are going to take a pounding. And if you're not keeping up, you know, if you're not doing those exercises to strengthen your quads, strengthen your calves, strengthen your hamstrings, Mm -hmm. doing stretches to, you know, improve flexibility, your life's going to be, it's going to be a lot it's going to be a shittier life for you in the long run. If you're not, you know, if you don't work on those things. And like you said, if you start when you're young, like all these young guys that work for me and they're in their twenties, I'm like, I see the stuff they're doing. I'm like, you know, you guys should incorporate a little, you know, uh little exercises three times a week now, because when you're my age, you're not going to feel like I am. And you're not going to have to do what I have to do every day, just so you can get out of bed. So I'm just, you know, but you know, it, Exactly. And for the people that are, you know, struggling with with weight issues and, and you know, that nowadays it seems like more people than less people are struggling with weight issues.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, there's definitely different areas to hit and I agree with you there. So like with weight, for example, uh, you know, taking that 30 pound pack off, that's how you're going to feel if you lose those 30 extra pounds that you've got, or even if it is 10 pounds. I mean, 10 pounds compounded over all that up and down on the ladder. Ah, uh, swinging a hammer, doing all the that hard labor stuff, That's a big deal. Maybe you feel like you're in shape because you're you're working construction, which is a hard labor job, and you are pretty fit. Okay, cool. Like what you were saying, what about some mobility? And what's your nutrition like at that point? Mm-hmm. If you're working your body hard, uh, are you getting enough omega threes? Are you getting enough, you know, carbohydrates to refuel uh, your your muscles, your glycogen stores? Are you hydrated? Not just drinking water to where you're pissing clear. But are you actually rehydrating your tissues so that you can get the nutrients to your muscles and your organs and everything else in your body? Uh, Are all of those things, do you have enough protein to rebuild the muscles that you're tearing down throughout the day if you have a hard labor job? Um, And then, of course, the omega-3s for cognitive function. You want to lubricate those joints that you're bending in and out. You're going up and down stairs, up and down ladders like you got to make sure that those things are are dialed in even if you are looking in the mirror and you're jacked and you got a six pack it doesn't mean that you are nutritionally sound yeah because you could you could go try and chase an elk and uh you don't have any glycogen stores to be able to work off of or any fat stores to be able to work off of that then you just your body burns out and you you're just as exhausted as the dude that's overweight trying to go up the mountain
1: yeah i should i should connect with you more and and like I feel like I need to really improve on like my nutritional intake, like not really what I eat. Like I eat, I eat quite a bit, you know, and, right. and for protein, I usually consume about 200 grams of protein a day, but Perfect. you know, I train lots, I train seven days a week. And a lot of those are double, you know, twice, twice a day. And I do a very physical job. And like, I'm not always doing the physical aspect of it, being the owner. But, I mean, there's still days when I'll go lay blocks for, you know, a week. And, I mean, you lay three, 400 block a day and they're 35 pounds each. It starts to add up, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing, as, but it's going the other way. It's that, comp, you know, compounding block lifting weight over and over. And if you're not getting the proper stuff to replace it and to rebuild and repair your body, then, you know, it, it's like, again, it's going to make your life miserable. And, like, let's face it. I mean, we all want to live. And, like, I hope you do. You want to live the best longest life you can mm-hmm.
2: exactly exactly and you know for someone like you maybe protein powder is not a necessity because you're able to get it through whole food 100 that's awesome but how are your micronutrients looking mm-hmm. you know that's when you would look at like something i take non-negotiable whether i eat all my protein or not in a day is my you know my microfactor, which is the micronutrients so multivitamin probiotics prebiotics uh, I take my greens powder because I definitely don't eat enough greens fruits and vegetables uh, in a day along with fermented food. I definitely do not eat enough fermented food mm-hmm. to get that the probiotics and prebiotics that your digestive system needs. So those the the omegas, the microfactor which is your basically your multivitamin but on steroids in a way, doesn't have mm-hmm. steroids in it but you know. <laughs> and then Uh, And then greens, those three things, like I always have those with me when I travel, even when I leave my protein powder behind or whatever, those three things are non-negotiables for me every single day.
1: Right. Now you're talking like just the powdered greens, mix those with water, Mm -hmm. drink it back or fruit juice. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I still do take protein shakes and stuff just to because I try really, you know, I really try to stay around 200 grams of protein mm-hmm. a day just because you know um you work so hard to gain muscle and to be fit and without protein i just feel like man like if you're not getting the proper protein then it's just all for nothing yeah. but i mean yeah, uh, you know with the, the vitamins and the omegas and stuff i definitely need i feel i definitely need more education on it and definitely more I, d- I definitely need to to make sure i'm doing it consistently not just buying a bottle using that bottle up and then forgetting about it for a
2: month right exactly and the other thing too, on like omegas, for example, so people will ask me like, Hey, why does first form cost more? I'm like, well, um, why does premium gas cost more than regular? Hmm. Because the process that it takes to make it is different and you're getting a better result. So yes, it's going to cost a little bit more and no, we don't run like discounts and sales like a lot of other supplement companies out there that you'll find. There's a constant new flavor, new sale, something along those lines. When we do deals, it's more, you buy a certain amount, you get XYZ extra than normal, right? And that's just the sign of, we wanna show that you know it is a high quality product and we don't wanna discount a high quality product and set that standard lower than where it's at, right? Also with the omega threes, we don't go through and fill it with a bunch of omega sixes and nines. We don't make that ratio awful like a lot of fish oils are.
1: Oh, so is that like just filler for like a cheaper brand type of thing?
2: So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's filler because you need six and nines, but right, when okay. you outweigh the three in that ratio, and usually a good ratio from my understanding is a two to one to one, um, as far as a three to six to nine, right? Gotcha. Uh, some people will, it'll be like ones across the board or they'll be mm-hmm. even, mm-hmm. you know, and um, there, there's other ingredients in our omegas that are, it, it's harder to get because you have to get it in wild caught salmon. And it's not farm-raised salmon, right? So, obviously, that process takes more time. It's higher quality, so it's going to cost a little bit more than the bottle you're going to go buy at Costco. Um, Same with the protein. I've had people that have had gut issues their entire life on protein, get the protein farts and all that stuff. They try our protein, and they don't have that issue because with Formula One, which is the isolate protein, or Level One, which is the whey concentrate, uh, they are low-temperature processed. So... A good analogy would be take a piece of chicken, a chicken breast, throw it on the grill, 500 degrees for four hours. What's going to happen?
1: It'd be like a brick.
2: Yeah, exactly. Are you going to eat that? Probably not. And if you did, your stomach would be messed up. And then you take that same chicken breast or a different chicken breast, you put it in a crock pot, you know, 160 degrees for the same amount of time. It comes out tender, juicy, pull apart, like, super good. You don't get messed up stomach from eating it. It's the same with protein. There's a quick and easy process to get rid of that or to get the whey out of the source that they use to get the whey protein. And it's, it's flash cooked basically. And then what they do is they put a bunch of fillers and stuff in it. So you don't taste that burnt protein. Mm -hmm. And that's what causes your stomach to be like, Hey, I I don't quite recognize this. I'm going to try and digest it. And we're going to see what we can get out of it. Versus a low temperature process protein where it's like I'm going to, it's more bio bioavailable to be able to get into your system and actually use the protein. And there's not the fillers of, you know, you get a 30 gram scoop of of protein and you get 20 grams of protein out of that. What's in the other 10 grams.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you is if there's a, a better nutritional value to, to it as well, because yeah, I mean, if you're taking, if you're taking protein, you know you think you're taking if, if you're if you're on a strict diet and you think you're taking you know way three this is just say three times a day and you think you're getting 100 grams of protein from this way and it actually is only 60 or 70 i mean you know over time you know that's 30 a day mm-hmm. 60 for two you know it starts to add up and if you're trying to build muscle then you're not having the proper amino acids and proteins to do exactly. it yeah exactly
2: it's the same thing with our greens as well it's all low temperature process so All of that stuff is uh, we do everything we can to not denature the protein or the greens powder um, because we want to make sure that you're able to absorb as much of the nutrients as is available and also not tear up your gut. Um, Because, again, some people will mistake having weight issues for just a not good protein, not a not a solid source of protein. And so the moment they swap, they're like, "Ah, you know, I'll try it. But I'm not a big fan of whey. And then they try it and they're like, oh, I don't have the bloating and the, you know, the gassiness that I get from, from most proteins. Yeah. It's just the way it's, it's made.
1: Yeah. And, and anybody who's taken way, you know, a protein supplement, supplement, like a shake type, they've experienced mm-hmm. that somewhere along oh, the yeah. way. Um, yeah. Everybody has. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've experimented with a lot. Uh, I found a, a good one. It's not great. Um, being up in Canada, it's Accessibility is the hardest thing. Um, You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you order stuff and it gets stuck at the border for a month and you're like, hey, Like I said, we should annex the BC. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. I don't know about, uh, yeah. I I watch, not a lot, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I I always glimpse at the CNN and I love the stuff going on with your guys. I mean, our our government's a mess too, but like just the stuff going on (laughs) down there right now. So it's going to be interesting this year for you guys.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been interesting. I, I had someone. Uh, I'm I'm by no means a, a Trump fan. I, I don't like him personally, um, but uh, I did hear some a comedian uh, Shane Gillis the other day. He was like, you know, we should have every year. We should have just the surprise guest be Trump at the end, like one Democrat one Republican doing their debate and then they bring Trump in and just to see how they handle it. He's like, and, and his joke was, he was like, you know, he's like the only candidate that's been able to handle that was Biden. And uh, it's cause Trump tries to get in your head and look, Joe's not even in his own head. So yeah. good luck getting in there. Like,
0: you know, it's just it, it's
2: hilarious. But that would I would I would pay to see that. I don't watch I don't watch TV, but uh, I would pay to see that debate if they just brought Trump in, like cold cold stone Steve Austin. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> yeah,
1: just the smoke go off and he come running through. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. People, oh, people cheering. Yeah. That'd be funny. No, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be interesting. But anyway, man, uh, you know, thanks for coming on the show, man. You and I we were chatting back and forth for quite a while, trying to work out some time to get, uh, to get you on. And I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: appreciate you having me on.
1: Why don't you just, uh, for my listeners and all the folks up here in Canada, just, you know, tell everybody where they can find and follow you and all that stuff.
2: Perfect. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, well, first, thanks for listening in, guys. And, uh, you know, you can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty active over there. It's just red.beard.outdoors. Hoping to change that soon. I got to figure out who owns Red Beard Outdoors. So it's not, there's no periods in between. Oh,
1: there's another, uh, somebody else already owns.
2: Oh, you know, crazy. there's a couple of them and none of them are active and they haven't been active for oh. years. So I've tried to petition Instagram to to swap the names for me, but haven't gotten any feedback on that. I guess yep. I'm not not cool enough yet. But uh anyway it's at red.beard.outdoors on YouTube it's red beard outdoors uh Spotify Apple as well red beard outdoors podcast um and then you know if you're looking for a good community whether you're in Canada Mexico the US wherever I highly recommend joining uh the first form outdoors Facebook community and of course look up the page as well it's first form outdoors on Instagram um We've got a weekly podcast that we do over there live on the Facebook group called Boots Around the Fire. Um, And then just you're going to you're going to find at least one person, if not multiple people that will uh, answer your questions, whatever you have, if you're new to the outdoors, uh, if you're not new and you just want to get into a good group of people, that's a good place to go.
1: Cool, buddy. Yeah, I'll put all that stuff up in the show notes, too. So easy access for everybody. Okay, man, thanks a lot. eh? Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, later.